Hi, it's Eliana here from Awakening Cosmic Reality Show, and we have Jason Brown with us today from Neo Illuminati. Hi, Jason. Hi. Um, how are you doing today? Doing good. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. Can you give us a little brief description of what Neo Illuminati website is and what it means to you and how you created it? Um, uh, well, the name is just kind of something that uh, has nothing to do with the, uh, the so-called Illuminati or whatever. It's just uh, when you think Illuminati, it's something that's kind of intimidating sounding and it's just like, you know, this all-powerful group or something. So I just made it the new Illuminati. So that's basically all it is, nothing nefarious or anything like that. Mm -hmm. And we, when we were talking together, you said it's the the, the neo Illuminati means something new. Does it like? Does it sound like it's like an, an enlightened something like enlightened? The word enlightened or something to do with it? Yeah, the enlightened ones. Basically, it's just like because we're bringing this information out, kind of thing. You know, educating people, letting mm -hmm. them know they're they're not alone, kind of. Mm-hmm. And the way I found your information was I was looking for information on MK Ultra and how that's linked to the Monarch Monarch program, um, and how certain types of people have variant DNA, like special DNA, that um, you can time travel because of that DNA in your genetic sequence. You can time travel as well as teleport through different portals, and you had said on your website that there there are monarch agents who are born with type of this type of variant dna in their genetic sequence through their family lineages can you tell us how that works and where you got that information from yeah um so basically it's from what i know it's not the dna itself that allows you to time travel what what we were doing is um Basically, they're taking people who came from certain lineages, for example, the Spartans, you know, back in the days of Sparta and, Sparta and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Basically, they practiced selective breeding back then, all throughout the generations, and they're looking for people who are descendants of those people. Not necessarily just the Spartans, but what they're looking for is people who came from certain um, groups who have been through like war and hardship, that kind of thing. And basically what happens is experiences are passed down through your genetic, genetic structure, basically. So what they wanted to do is, for example, in the case of the Spartans, they had already been through war and all that stuff for who knows how long. And um, that they wanted to build upon that in the future from uh, these lineages and stuff like that. So that's basically where it came from. Okay, and you said that these men in black monarch agents have this kind of cellular genetic memory that they're yeah. born with and that's imprinted on them. How is that done? Um, it's just, it comes back from the generations. It's just passed down. Um, as far as I know, there is a way that you can actually uh, imprint that in a laboratory or something, you know, from scratch, but I don't have all the details on that, so. Mm -hmm. I found your description of, of um, that it's something holographic, uh, virtual reality simulations are done to trigger special compartments of the brain. Can you describe a little bit of that? Yeah, um, what, what I had seen was that what they were doing is way back in the 80s or so they had uh like virtual reality headsets and stuff and i don't know if you're familiar with nintendo 64. i am yes you've seen how like the graphics are they're they're not very good but for back in the 80s i mean that was like way way high technology yes and um what they would do is they would um they would take the 3d model of a person it looked like the uh the GoldenEye video game, if people are familiar with that, and they would take a digital picture and they would put that picture of the face on the 3D model. Mm -hmm. And it was usually like somebody that you know, like a parent or a relative, close friend or something like that. And what they would do is they would have them act like out of character, like just 
like, you know, your parents are usually nice or something like that. And it would have them like yell at you or something, you know, mm-hmm. and it would, when you're a little kid, you know, it would like, it would scare you. It was just like completely, you know, abnormal kind of thing that would happen. And it would, uh, what they, what they would do is before that they would have you drink like a little cup full of, uh, some kind of drug. And because, you know, this virtual reality, it obviously doesn't look real at all. So they give you this drug and you get so like, uh, under the effect of the drug that you don't realize what you're seeing isn't real. So when they do that little scenario thing, it scares the crap out of you and it, it dissociates you. So the, um, through the virtual reality, they are able to make compartments in your brain of different scenario programming and then later on activate it as they need to, yeah. right? Yes, there's a, it wasn't just for scaring the crap out of us and stuff like that. It was um, like, say, for example, like some kind of combat training or something. Mm-hmm. Or um, they can run simulations. They take like the world as a whole or like how things are going to progress, what, what's likely to progress using a quantum computer. And then they, um, they use that like a simulation in the VR and stuff like that of how this would play out. And you keep doing it over and over until you uh, you you accomplish the task. It, like it's basically like against all odds, just like completely almost impossible to do. And then they would have like you you finish that one, and they would set up another possibility that you'd go through. You go through that one, and then another, and then another. So no matter what happens in the future, basically as soon as you start to see it play out. It's just like automatic. You just go through the motions like it's nothing. You're not even aware of it. And is there like specific training or drug serums that induce the uh, cellular memories in the genetic code to get you to time travel through these monarch programs? Um, you mean like they give you like some kind of drug and it like triggers something? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Or they train you in some way that triggers that genetic cellular memory. So you start tra- time traveling. And how do you do the time travel? Do you open the natural, do you open like a natural Stargateway portal through psychic abilities oh. to time travel? Or how does, how is it done? Well, from what we were doing, the time travel, it was just, it was a, equipment that we're using technology straight up nothing no uh like psychic stuff or anything like that it was just uh actual machinery and stuff and um as far as the the genetic thing it's just kind of it's like instinct when it's encoded into your dna it's just like you have more of a like when you like i was saying you've been through like hardship and war and stuff like that you have that survival instinct that's enhanced because the places that we were going it's just, it's so dangerous. You can't just have like some regular person off the street, you know, you had to, you had to be trained and you you had to have like a certain kind of certain genes and stuff like that so that you perform like at a higher level, you know, because we're, I mean, we're going back into like the dinosaur days and stuff like that. You can't mess around out there. No. So that's about all I know on that. And what kind of technology was it that can induce the time travel? Do you know what it looked like? Um, from what I know, are you familiar with John Tior? No. John Titer, do you mean? Yeah, I don't know how his name's spelled, whatever. Uh, I don't know if it's exactly like that, but they, they mentioned that it was built into vehicles, like cars and stuff like that, just like Back to the Future, kind of. Okay. And, uh... As far as I know, it was just built into regular looking cars like that. And you just, you drive along and then it opens like a, a portal, like a wormhole. Mm-hmm. And you just go through it. And like, from what I've seen, it was kind of, uh, it's kind of flashy, I guess. You can't really do it around everybody because there's like a lot going on outside that you can see. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. like, you just, you go through it and then you're just there and you just keep driving and it, it's no problem. Okay. And um, I heard recently from a gentleman named William Whitecrow, who did an interview in December 2017, 
he was a secret space program whistleblower, that's uh, what he claimed to be, and he said that there's these uh, mini portal or teleportation generators that they can put on fighter jets or airplanes or carrier craft and that once you activate these, you know, generators, either for time travel or teleportation, it just takes the whole craft through a portal that's created through the generator and that's how you can time travel or teleport from location A to B or off-planet even. Have you heard about that type of technology? Uh, it sounds kind of along the same thing what I was telling you about where they just installed it on these cars and stuff like that. The thing that comes to mind about that is I'm sure you're familiar with the TR-3B. Yes. Yeah, those, um, the ones that I know about had that stuff built into them. And not only were the, did it have the time, time machine stuff in there, it also uh, it had like a cloaking device, but it didn't just make it invisible. I mean, it looked like regular civilian aircraft and stuff like that. So that's about all I know. Maybe that's what they're seeing. I don't know. Yeah, um, Anthony Zender had talked about the black helicopters flying over over the beach when he was out there when he was discussing the secret space program, and that he saw it shift shape and change shape, sort of like that. That even some of the more advanced helicopters have this ability to do that. Yeah. Um... One of the things that they frequently uh, cloak themselves as is helicopters because they tend to fly around at a little, like a slower pace and they, they can hover and stuff like that. And when you're looking at one, you can't even tell that what it is, that it's not what you're looking at. Yeah, I, I've heard of that. I haven't seen it myself, but I heard about it from Anthony Zender, who is another secret space program experiencer who's seen that happen and he kind of like, tape the um, video footage of the helicopters before they shifted shape. So wow. we d discussed that quite a bit and um, you've also said that you've had some secret space program experiences as well. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, um, there was, uh, from what I know, is that it seems like everything happened in the 80s. Uh, that's like one of the things I say a lot. Uh, Basically, uh, you know, the secret space program had been going on for a long while, as we all know. Mm -hmm. It was around the 80s or so. There was a takeover, basically, and everything started uh, shifting over. And um, I don't want to get too much into that, but let's just say that I've seen some stuff up there. I've been to Mars, and I've seen all kinds of crazy stuff they got going on up there, so... Okay, so it seems like you're getting confirmation from your dog. Oh, that's that's a neighbor's. Oh, okay, neighbor's dog confirmation about Mars. Sometimes yes. um, when you just start describing something, animals will, will start barking or something. So it's interesting when you said Mars. Can you say? Can you talk about a little bit about Mars, like what you did up there, just in general, if you can? Um, there's some bases up there. I can tell you that. There's facilities, um, there's some training going on, and a lot of the stuff, some of our training took place up there because it was, uh, we're all doing this like really covert, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And one of, one of the best ways to cover it up is to just not be on Earth, basically. So it, we're doing some things over there, and um, I think that's about as much as I can get into at this moment. Oh. Okay, yeah, William White Crow also talked about being on the Mars basis and that they have this um, glass-like dome shielding technology that cloaks the basis so satellites and radars from space or from Earth can't see the basis and the installations that are on Mars and the Moon. Have you heard That's, about that? That sounds about right. There's They cloak entire bases and stuff like that, not just uh, aircraft or whatever. and. They do that. I'm sure they do that on Mars, but I know they do that on Earth too. So yeah. it's it's pretty much a given that they're doing it over there too. Yeah, and, and they do it over the no-fly zones in Antarctica. They have some of those research facilities where they have those dome-like uh, shielding over them that they they activate the invisibility when when uh, craft pass by that are not authorized to be there. I wouldn't doubt it. 
Yeah, and William also talked about the Quantum Leap time travel program that that's on Mars. Have you had any experiences with time travel on Mars, just in general? Um, it was more familiar with like the teleportation. There's, you've probably heard that it takes about 30 seconds to get to Mars from Earth using the teleportation. But I mean, like the time travel, like we just did so much that it's just like all over the place. I mean, like Mars, what I can tell you about that is uh, there used to be cities and stuff up there. But I mean, it, it was like it looked like what we have on Earth with like suburbs and freeways and all that stuff. That's about as much as I can tell you there. Yeah, and I mean, it's in the way distant past, too. Yeah, like 500,000 years ago or even before that, way before that. Yeah, maybe. It, it, it's just, like, it gets so confusing because, like, when you bring time travel into this stuff, like, there's just, I mean, it, it get, it's just all over the place. I don't know how I can get into that, but it, it's all over the place. Yeah, and did you guys have the ability to time travel into the future with this technology? Yes, absolutely. Future, past, just everywhere, wherever you want. Mm -hmm. There's, um, there's interdimensional travel, too where, you know, like alternate realities and stuff like that. We've been to a few of those. And um, one of the things is, uh, you know, like due to all our training and our preparations and whatnot, is because we had to protect our uh, reality here too, because, you know, I'm sure there's other like governments, men in black or whatever from alternate timelines, alternate dimensions, and we don't know if they're good guys or what, and so we had to make sure we did it. We uh, we do like a little scouting and stuff like that, uh, some recon, and just kind of check things out and uh, make sure everything's good here. And were you like a soldier or some kind of a specialist technician? Can you talk about that, or is that off limits? Oh no, that's good. Um, I was basically. I mean, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here, but I was kind of like an all-around, like, just everything, basically, just as much as I can. It wasn't just, like, you know, combat training. It was, uh, like, tradecraft, you know, like, super spy stuff. And uh, there was, um, what else? Just thinking tactically, it was being, being observant because... Uh, Sometimes when you travel like into the past, for example, you can't just like bring a cell phone with you or anything like that or a video camera. So you'd basically have to remember, remember everything and be super observant of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And when you come back, you would write like, you know, you'd have, you'd sit down with somebody and you would, you know, write down a report and they'd ask you questions and stuff like that. And you just give as much detail as you can. Yeah, and I've heard that they take SSP assets into the programs on Mars and the Moon who have photographic memories, so that's pretty useful to have that ability. Yes, exactly. That That's why they wanted uh, those kind of people and stuff like that, because it, it was, you didn't have any equipment with you, but because of that photographic memory, you can just go there and come back, and you can just, it was vivid, you know, you can see all the little detail and everything. Yeah, um, I have photographic memory it's not as good as adiatic memory because like that's remembering everything down to the last detail but photographic memory is as close as you can get to adiatic um, yep. so I could just remember details places people names objects um, for like years on end and store it in my part of my compartments in the brain so that's very useful and what is the monarch monarch program um, so I'm sure, you know, like, uh, MK Ultra started out around the 1950s or so. And, uh, later on the, uh, Monarch program was, uh, it was like the elite, um, you know, the cream of the crop, the, that the best they could do at the time. And it was back then it was still pretty low tech and it kept progressing. It started to advance around the seventies or so. And then here comes the 80s again. Everything changed in the 80s. The 80s, it uh, they stopped being things like sex slaves and stuff like that. And it was more like uh, started uh, 
with the time travel and stuff like that because uh, you know we had to shut that kind of stuff down because it's just not it's not okay no matter how you look at it and uh, then they started to train them uh, like what we were doing with the combat training and stuff like that and uh, um, you know they all had photographic memories and stuff and a lot of it was uh, like escorting people basically bodyguarding um, some recon work um, just little things here and there, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. And what got you interested in doing Neo Illuminati? Like talking about the secret space program, about the <clears throat> Monarch program, about time travel, what inspired you to do the website? Well, um, the way I see it is uh, a lot of people, they've had like, you know, that memory compartmentalization going on mm -hmm. and, Sometimes, like, when that happens and you start remembering things that are just, like, completely crazy, you know, like, time travel, remembering being, like, back in the Old West and stuff like that, and just not knowing that it's actually real and that it happened. And I just wanted to try to help people out and uh, so that they know that they're not alone, you know, that, yeah, this stuff is going on and they're not crazy. And yours was the best source as far as I could find about um, what I was researching was variant DNA about people who are born with um, special double-stranded DNA sometimes and they have the natural ability through cellular genetic memory sequences um, because of this variant DNA to open star gateway portals time travel portals and teleport teleportation portals naturally just from oh. through that DNA sequence they have that energetic vibration to do that um, and I want and I I'd watched this movie called Beyond um, it's a short film about this woman named Aria Vega who can um, open tesseract portals and uh, bend space and time and teleport long distances even to other universes outside the universe outside planetary boundaries so I was looking at that movie I'd seen in 2015 and then I was um, looking for information how MKUltra was linked to the Monarch programs and time travel. So that's how I found your website and I contacted you because I found it fascinating. That information is similar to the movie. Um, yeah, that's close. Uh, I watched that and uh... It has some interesting things, uh, like like the AI I was telling you about. They uh, we had AI that would assist us like that with the uh, synthetic synthetic telepathy and stuff like that. And um, yeah, there's a lot of sim similarities there. It was interesting. So, what is uh, synthetic telepathy through AI? Oh, uh, that was just uh, they they put a some of the in the secret space pro program. They used to have dog tags. Mm -hmm. But they, they stopped doing that because it was kind of uh, people could lose them, you know. Mm -hmm. So what they did is they started putting like an, an implant to go into the nose and uh, into the skull. And it's just uh, <clears throat> from there, like you can just do like a video call, like what we're doing right here. Mm -hmm. Only like the AI is like interactive. You can talk with it. It's like we're talking back and forth here. And it would just, you, you would have it and it would be able to assist you. It would be all... It would be hooked into the internet and everything and have all kinds of uh, like technical information that it can give to you so that when you're out on the field or whatever, you don't have to like, you know, sit down and start flipping through a field manual or whatever, or, you know, look up the internet because you wouldn't have a cell phone with you or anything like that. So it was just kind of like, like it would assist you just like it was doing on that film. Okay. So in, in, in the film, it, it had in the woman's eyes, it had these little like cameras or something lenses so she could read information off of like the space net or you know internal brain internet sequence even sort of like that and access information yeah it's close to that like it, what it could do is just like it can show you a map like in your mind's eye and stuff like that or whatever you need but it wouldn't there's not like cameras in your eyes what it does is it's like a like an EKG or something like that or ECG where it uh it reads the information coming in through your eyes and your ears and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So you can like record that and play it on a computer, but there's no like cameras or anything like that. 
Yeah, it looked like mi microscopic camera lenses uh, in the woman's eyes, like AI-assisted, thought consciousness-assisted uh, technology, or synthetic um, AI-assisted technology. Oh. That's what it looked like to me in the movie. So, like, it's, yeah. it's exactly how it is, too. Like synthetic telepathy. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and yours, again, yours was the only site that I could find this information about. And I looked everywhere on the internet for different sources, specifically for time travel, how you could genetically either have cellular memory of this or do it genetically, your DNA. You're born with this speci special DNA that allows you to time travel and also to teleport. Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, that's just, uh, it can, it, it, like I said, it wasn't really just the DNA that allowed you to do it. It was mostly about survival instincts and stuff like that, and it gets passed down, and they would build upon that repeatedly over and over, and that's about as far as it goes that I'm aware of. And so basically, they, they for these monarch agents, they came from the different family le lineages of the elites, right? Um, some have, some haven't. It was mostly about, like, uh, just who was capable, basically, who was healthy, who was strong, who was fast, who had good eyesight and hearing, stuff like that, you know. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if some of them did come from the so-called powers that be or whatever, but not all of them did. Okay, and how is the Men in Black component involved with the Monarch program and the Secret Space programs, both on Earth and off-planet? Okay, um, when it comes to the Men in Black, like, we were, uh, you know, I, I'm sure you heard all the stories covering things up like that, uh, like UFOs and whatnot. Yes. Uh, the main thing that we were involved in was we had to cover up time travel because of how like, it's just so dangerous, the danger of, involved in it. Because, I mean, if you look back in our history, I mean, our history is a mess. You know, there's, there's so many, like, mysteries and whatnot. And uh, a, lot of, a lot of the time travel connects into a lot of different other projects and whatnot, as I'm sure you're aware of. And uh, the other thing is we were kind of keeping, like, a lot of these programs like in line and stuff like, hey, that's that's too dangerous. You can't play around with that. So confiscating it. And uh, that's kind of how it was with the secret space program, like the Solar Warden and stuff like that, the takeover in the 80s, where it, we basically just confiscated the whole thing. Yeah, and I've heard that there's the time corporations that uh, give out the time travel technology, the portals, the portal gateways, the, the technological ones, they give it to the various SSP factions like planetary corporations solar warden um mars defense force earth defense force that um there are the holders of the time travel technology that it's a other separate groups that that manufactured the time travel tech and give it to the other groups is this something like that what you experienced uh from what i know is that mostly you know uh we were dealing with well, in my case, it was mostly on Earth stuff like that, what we built here. And uh, we're trying to keep it contained, which is part of what Solar Warden was about. It's keeping everything contained here because of the danger. Um, I'm sure that it does exist off-world, and there's all kinds of people doing all kinds of different things on it. But I, I'm not that familiar with all that, all the factions and whatnot going on. So, Have you seen Assassin's Creed movies in video games? Uh, I'm, I'm a little familiar with the game and, and the story and stuff like that. It was like VR kind of stuff, huh? Yeah, and it it, it uh, talked about VR technology helping you access um, your past life memories and time travel experiences. It, they actually made a movie last year out of it, out of one of the video games, where the protagonist got to see past lives of himself where the this treasure was hidden that for time travel purposes and he had to uh, go backwards to those places to find that time travel machine. I, I'm a little familiar with it. Uh, didn't the uh, protagonist, wasn't he like a descendant 
from like way back then weren't they kind of like trying to get into his genetic memory or something like that too or something yeah even before the spanish inquisition even before yeah. that time something like that I, I haven't played it or anything so I, I don't know that well about it i haven't played the video games so i only watched the movie and he got to see his past lives beyond the spanish inquisition looking for this time travel device and then in reality uh, when he escaped from the facility where they made him look through his past life, also through virtual reality technology, uh, he went and looked for this device, actually found it and destroyed it. So this device could not be activated and destroy the world by opening up a wormhole. Yeah, it's, uh, stuff is, it's scary stuff. It's dangerous. Like you can make uh, retroactive changes in the past that can just like completely mess things up. So we had to try and keep it safe as much as we could. Yeah, and also Assassin's Creed, the uh, video game, also shows the Vatican underground vault where they have the, these exotic um, technologies and, and exotic um, artifacts that they found that can open up teleportation portals and time travel portals through the exotic artifacts. So that I found that little bit of disclosure fascinating. It's possible. Uh, I'm not that familiar with uh, any any kind of real life examples, but it's definitely possible. So, um, do you still participate in the secret space program missions? Are you do you still do time travel, or are you out of the programs now? Uh, no, I, I haven't done it in a good long while. Uh, still doing the Men in Black kind of thing, just like kind of a different role these days. But that's about it. And, and is it like abduction experiences or do they just take you and then you later on you have memories of being taken into the men in black programs? Um, what it was like is basically we were raised from a young age. Like, you know how, you know, like Tiger Woods, he, his dad had him playing golf since he was just like a little, little guy, you know? Yeah. It was like that only it was with like guns and like, you know, like tactics and all kinds of stuff like that and it was, it was basically like um, you were raised in like a double life basically you went to like two schools and um, yeah it, it was just uh, it was like you had two identities basically like two, like the whole time and um, I don't know how much more I can add there so has that second identity crossed over to your current life, like with the weapons training? Are you interested in weapons, motorcycles, speed, that kind of thing? Um, I don't think anything much more than a regular person. I'm not like obsessed or anything, but it's just, uh, I don't know, it's just part of who I am, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Hmm. So... Because for me, I never used to be interested in weapons, and suddenly at the age of 25, I had an interest in semi-automatic rifles, FNFS series, motorcycles, riding, and started getting all these licenses. So for me, it was like a bleed-through of, of those SSP experiences that crossed over into my current life at, in yep. my mid-20s. and. Suddenly, I got restricted and non-restricted licenses for uh, handguns and semi-automatic rifles. Yeah, that that happens. It's like uh, these two separate identities that you, uh, in my case, I mean, that you grow grow up with. They can, for some people, they can kind of you start to you do kind of start to bring those interests together. You know, uh, I can tell you that I haven't always. Uh, like you're saying, I haven't really had an interest like in a certain subject matter. Like, uh, you know, like 10, 15 years ago, like if people are talking about secret space program, I would have been like, oh yeah, that's uh, that's just crazy sounding, you know. But then you look into it and you're like, oh yeah, okay, I see now. That yeah. kind of thing. And how how did you become aware of your memories, like the Men in Black, the Monarch program, and the secret space program stuff from Mars and Earth? How did you get your memories? Well, n not everything in my case was compartmentalized memory. 
like what the way a lot of it happened was you just kind of see things and at the time you don't really know what it is you're seeing like uh I don't know uh, if, if you met like Abraham Lincoln or something like that, like you, you, you and you don't even know who he is. You're just like, okay, kind of whatever, you know, it, it was like that. It was, it wasn't all compartmentalized basically. Okay. So it's, as you saw it, it kind of triggered memory recall and stuff and familiarity with, with movies, maybe like, because there are disclosure movies, video games. So if you see something that looks very familiar to you and you're like, Oh, that sort of happened to me, sort of like that. Uh, no, some things do kind of connect the dots, like you know how like they show things in movies that are actually going on, you know. Yeah. But some of it was more like just kind of realizing later on what it was that you saw and what it was you're doing, because like you know we're we're just kids back then, like a lot of the time. So, and then you realize later on, they're like, oh yeah, realization, holy crap. <laughs> Yeah, and were you doing any comparisons? I, I know there is whistleblowers talking about the secret space program, or is it just something that you came to realize on your own without seeing the whistleblower testimonies and stuff? Oh, uh, yeah, people started coming out uh, about being time travelers and stuff like that, and uh, so I was just like, oh, okay, uh, yeah, that happened. <laughs> Well, your stuff is very distinct and unique. Like, I've read about Andrew Basiago, um, time traveling the jump rooms on Mars bases, William White Crow, um, and other people. I remember, I have memories of the Lazarus Project, looking into the past and the future, the Tesseract Project with the United States um, Naval Observatory, the, their, them training assets for teleportation opening up teleportation portals and also time travel portals, that being called the Tesseract Project, um, and another lady named Rochelle Stanenforth, who's an Australian SSP asset, so she remembers that. So, but not really finding anything specific on time travel in your information in your website, neoilluminati.com, had that specific information linking the Monarch program with the time travel component and bits of MK Ultra. Yep. So specific three bits of information of data set points that just matched to memories that I've had of the Lazarus project and the Tesseract project, linking that to Rochelle Stanenforth. So it, your information really stood out to me. That's why I wanted to do this information. It's not like anything I found on the internet out there and I'm a researcher job-wise researchers so for me that was like I kept looking and looking and looking and I couldn't find anything other than your stuff that directly correlates to my memories and Rochelle's that's cool well like you know as I was saying you know the men in black we were we had our fingers in everything I mean not me personally but like a lot of stuff mainly time travel so it it really all links together quite a bit yeah, so your website really puts it well together. The time travel, some of the secret space program components, the Monarch program, MKUltra, it just links it pretty well. And that it happens to children, too, that children are taken into these programs. Um, I know that children that are six are observed by the SSP programs. And then when they're 10 and older, they're taken in for training purposes. And it sounds like it's probably what's going on. Yeah. Do you remember at what age you went into these programs? Basically, I started my training from as soon as I could walk. I mean, I was like, you know, what age do you start walking? Like two or three or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like they had us using guns and I was just this little guy. And this gun, it was just a regular handgun. But for me, it was huge, like holding a rifle or something like that. You hold it with both hands. And so... Yeah, we were, we were, we were young, well, for real. It's possible to, depending on your family lineage, where you come from, uh, what interest the program's having you, it's possible it starts from two and upwards, because I was abducted by reptilians from the age of two to 10. These abductions would happen, and they would take me into different underground bases near Rostov area, near Russia, and military bases underground. So 
it could happen at any age from childhood. Sometimes you're born into it already. They they watch you just as you're born and yeah, monitor some, you. Some people are. Yeah, for me, it started with reptilian abductions and then um, the Monarch program and then the SSP quantum leap time travel program 60 and back on Mars. Wow. So are you, are you sure there are reptilians? Because... Uh... There's, there's one thing interesting that I've been hearing is that uh, you might like a read somewhere where uh, somebody's talking to somebody and they reach down under their belt and they push a button and all of a sudden like they look like a reptilian or something like that. Yes. Well, yes. Okay. Like a lot of the time, like what they're thinking is that it's a hologram that's making them look human. And when they change to the reptile, that's like their real form. But a lot of the time it's actually the opposite. Yeah, I've seen actually that technology in the secret space programs up on Mars. No, these were two different reptilian species. This okay. is definitely reptilians and another tall, um, tall guy, gray with gray skin, very slim, with a beard and long hair. Um, he would he would lead me in into the underground base as kind of like the t caretaker, and then the reptilians started infusing me with nanite nanotech which basically ruined my autoimmune system to this day. Um, wow. Yeah, no, these were black drowsel reptilians and Sharab Invictus green-yellow reptiles. Okay. So these were genuine reptilians who liked to experiment genetically on kids. Um, and I do remember seeing human personnel in the bases as well, in the underground bases, working with the reptilians. So, Is this on Mars? No, Is this it... was on Earth. This was on Earth oh. 2 to 10. Okay. Because I was born in the Ukraine. Then when I was about six, seven, I moved to Israel, two and a half years. And that the abductions kept happening in Israel. Then I moved to Canada. So right. it's been ongoing. First it was the ET abductions, the reptilians. Then is I was a, like 12, 13, the Monarch program. Um, and then it was the secret space program that from the age of 15, 16 and onwards to 2014. I see. The Mars bases and and also um, intermittently the time travel stuff on Earth as well. It sounds like they, they have started preparing you. Yes. To, and then they get you out into the space program and stuff like that. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, and also different contact experiences with various extraterrestrials along the way since I was a small kid. So yeah, it was a prep. It was prep. Just some people say, well, they first had the uh, secret space program experiences, then the contact experiences with extraterrestrials. But one is linked with the other. It always is in some way, I find, at least through my experiences. Well, maybe they were both happening because you know how like finicky memory can be. It could have been happening all at once and they just they haven't quite recovered everything yet. Yeah, uh, sometimes it, one and the other gets mixed in together. So it's hard to hard to differentiate was what was the ET stuff and what was the SSP stuff Were the ET connected to the SSP programs with Earth and Mars, Moon, our solar system. Have you had any extraterrestrial contact experiences? Uh, yeah, um, quite a few actually is kind of part of our job <laughs> and, uh, some of them were extraterrestrials and in, in my case, uh, when we say alien, we don't always mean extraterrestrial. It can mean somebody who's alien to this timeline or alien to our dimension, basically. So I, I've, we'll just say that I've met quite a few, uh, things that have been going on out there. You've met different beings through time travel. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of people throughout history, too. Yeah, because history timelines are malleable and can be changed. History is not set in stone. Yes, they can. Some some things are set in stone. Uh, quite a bit is actually pretty much inevitable. And just how you get there, it's usually just kind of small little changes here and there. But there's definitely some things that are set in stone. Mm -hmm. I've heard that as well. So it's interesting. Like 9-11, like for example, you know, why not just go back and stop that? Well, it just, it kind of has to happen. I mean, I'm sorry to say, but it, mm -hmm. it is what it is. 
Yeah, definitely. And how did you get to know about those buttons that holographically can make you look like any shapeshifter or reptilian? Where did you get that from? Oh, um, I do a lot of reading. I, I'm sure I read it somewhere, like from a couple of different places. And uh, it's just, that's the thing, though, that I wanted to point out, too, is that when you have a lot of this going on with people recovering their memories and whatnot, there's a lot of like trickery and deception involved, you know, mm -hmm. like I was in like, are you sure it was a reptilian? Cause it was probably someone trying to make you think that it was by, you know, doing the opposite of their, the hologram effect thing. So that's just kind of, you know, how I read about it and stuff like that. And it, there, there's just a lot of, they want you to keep you off balance. So you don't know what is what. So if you start talking about this kind of stuff, that you, you sound crazy or whatever, you know. Yeah, I actually saw that technology on Mars. the The button is 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 just so small. It looks like it looks like a button or some jewelry or something. You press it, and then you look like something somebody else or something else. Well, that's more advanced than uh, uh, than what I saw. I, what I saw it was like a box, like about this big. It was about the size of a pager, basically, but it didn't look like a pager. And this was kind of before pages were even a thing. So it was just like some kind of innocuous looking box kind of thing. Okay. So they press a button on it and suddenly you holographically look like somebody else. Yeah, you can. And they have, uh, there's these suits. Uh, there's another thing that it's just like that, like a little box, but it's, uh, it's optic camo, basically a thermoptic camo. It, it, it renders you invisible and it, it covers your uh, heat signature too at the same time. And there's a few different kinds of those. One of them just makes you invisible and it doesn't hide your heat signature and the other does both. And this is actually pretty old stuff. Mm. And they have uh, quantum camouflage. It's a suit that you put on over you and it can, it basically, uh, it takes like features like eyes, nose, mouth, whatever, and it like shuffles them around. So you can just like look like different people and stuff like that. You can even uh, change your perception of height and weight and everything and gender. Yeah, uh, they call them in on the Mars basis. The planetary corporations call them smart suits, and it could alter your appearance. It the suit can mimic clothing even. Yep. With nanite uh, nanotechnology interwoven into the suit and holographic technology in the suit. It can make you look like anybody else. It could make you invisible. It could alter. The suit can look like clothing. So it's called the smart space suit. Yeah, uh, I wasn't, I'm not aware of it. Uh, I've read about some of the stuff you're talking about, the smart suits. Uh, the stuff that I'm familiar with was, it's, it's a little bit different. It was mainly about camouflage and that, that was pretty much it. Just camo. Yeah. Um, I just, from my memory recall and doing the hypnosis, the doorways and the corridor technique that Mary Rodwell does. So she, like you basically go into a bit of a meditation cycle, hypnosis, then mm -hmm. you, she does past life regression and also hypnosis regression for extraterrestrial contact, SSP memory, recall, that kind of stuff. So basically you walk through a corridor and then you reach these doors, different doors, and whichever door glows or gets your attention the most, and you have you you have a thought, I want to see a secret space program experience. You kind of already know about the experience, so you want to see that. So you choose that optimal door, you go through it, and you get to see that memory recall of that experience. So that's how I found out about the smart suits that these cybernetic labs attached to the Mars bases, they create these suits, they build them, the smart suits. And what we, you were mm -hmm. describing through the camo technology, these smart suits could actually do when you wear the suit. And yep. you telepathically think to the suit, um, I want to be wearing a blue dress. So the suit switches up to a blue dress holographically. And you touch it, you can actually physically touch it and it feels like it feels like the fabric of, of a blue dress. Yeah, it does. It could like it could feel like cotton or silk or like anything in between, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, that's what I got through my hypnosis regression through the corridors and the doorway technique, what Mary Rodwell does. But I got it from a um, Remembering Your Past Lives book by Joe H. Slate. 
but he said you could do it beyond past life regression too. You could remember basically anything you want with that kind of a hypnosis regression. Well, that's uh, I'm not too familiar with that kind of stuff, so I guess you're the expert here. I wouldn't say I'm an expert. Just uh, I learned shamanism, Native American shamanism, doing past life regression and incorporating uh, that past life regression with the hypnosis. So oh, okay. That's how I got my memories back. I had bits and pieces of the ET past lives and the SSP stuff, but nothing that I could put together and figure out like a timeline of sequence of events. It was just mixed in together, but this, this hypnosis stuff helped me to, to put the pieces together what happened. And you were doing it through your website. We're glad I could help. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I learned about how Monarch program is linked with the time travel. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, as I was saying, that they they want they're trying to keep this a secret, so they want you all as mixed up as possible. So I'm just trying to like help like recenter people. You know, get them back to where they should be best I can anyway. Yeah, yeah. So, what what is the uh, website address for Neo Illuminati? It's the neoilluminati.com. Neo Illuminati, all one word. Okay. And is there a way people could reach you if they want to know more about your website or you? Uh, yeah. There's a uh, there's a Facebook page. There's Twitter. There's Instagram. There's uh. There's links on the website and stuff. You can just click on it. It'll take you to the Facebook or Twitter, or Instagram, whatever. There's YouTube as well. And it's also called the Neo Illuminati. Same thing. Uh, the the um the YouTube is Neo Illuminati TV, and the Twitter is the underscore n underscore i, and uh, the Instagram is just the Neo Illuminati one word. And what do you do on uh, YouTube with your show? Oh, um, I just, uh, I just, uh, I make music and stuff like as a hobby, you know, whatever, just messing around and I put my songs on there. I don't really have a whole lot right now. Nice. Very nice. Is, is there anything else you'd like to leave us with final thoughts or anything you'd like to discuss? Um, what I want people to know is that they're not alone. Uh, uh, if you think you have been involved in these kind of programs just start writing it down write down everything down no matter how crazy it sounds because believe me like i'm well aware of how insane the stuff i sound writes okay very well aware just just write it and if it's uh if somebody was messing with you or there's false information in there you can like you know figure it out later talk with talk with more people network with them and uh see what matches up and what doesn't and just go from there. Awesome. So thank you so much, Jason, for doing this interview with me and, and for talking with me privately on Facebook as well. That's that's hey, how we met. Actually, no problem. Recently. Thank you so much. And it, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thank you.